This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in Coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Welcome to Why I'm Voting, a production of iHeartRadio. Listen, you already know this, but it's an election year. You might already be tired of hearing about it, but here's the thing. Democracy doesn't work without you. I'm Holly Fry, and I'm sitting down with many of my fellow podcasters from Will Ferrell to Stephanie Rule, as well as other luminaries to find out about their relationships with the ballot box and ultimately just to find out why they vote. I hope you're exercising your right to vote. And if you're not, I hope that their stories inspire you. Today on Why Vote, I am joined by Stephanie Rule, who you probably know. She is easily seen on MSNBC Live on weekday mornings. She's also NBC News' senior business correspondent, and she is part of the iHeartRadio podcast network as host of the Modern Rules podcast. Stephanie, thank you so much for joining us on Why Vote. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for talking about this. It's super important. Yes, it is. And that kind of brings me to an easy first question, which is when did you realize that it was an important part of being a citizen in the U.S.? Like as a kid, do you remember that moment where you were like, voting is a thing I'm going to have to do one day? Honestly, no. And it's something I'm not proud of at all. I think that I, for many, many years, I don't have a good voting record. Not that I, quote unquote, voted for the wrong person, but for a lot of years, I didn't vote. And I think that I wasn't making a political statement. I was making a lazy statement. Right. And I think that a lot of people who live privileged lives don't realize how important voting is. Right. Like, think about, you know, I, I can I can think back in my head of many, many different election days thinking, oh, um, it's raining out. The line's long. I don't have kids in school. What do I care about school budgets? But now that we're at this point in our country where so many elements of our daily lives and the foundation of our country is at risk, we realize why we have to vote. 
right? You need to care about school budgets and education for everyone, whether or not you have kids in school. It's about what kind of country, what kind of world do you want to live in? And for people of privilege, when much of what you depend on or how you view the world isn't at risk, or if you're someone like me who has never woken up and been discriminated against based on my age, my sex, my sexual preference, my race, I think I ignorantly didn't realize how important my right to vote was. And sadly, at the age of 44, I woke up to it only three years ago. But for all of us, it's never too late to wake up. Today's a new day. And voting, voting every single time on every single election impacts so many elements of your lives. So I think it's probably safe to say you did not register right away when you were able to at 18. I'm sure I did. I'm absolutely sure I registered to vote when I was in college A little bit of absentee voting happened because my mom made me do it. And I was like, yep, yep, yep. But I took my right for granted. And, you know, I spent a a lot of my my college years living and studying abroad. And when you're with people from other countries, countries like Australia, where Election Day is a national holiday, where the right to vote is an honor and a privilege that people realize And when you're at a time like this, when there's so many fundamental things about our democracy that we thought we could depend on and now we can't, you wake up to the fact that you cannot take it for granted. I wonder if you recall the first time you voted. Like, do you have a memory of when you woke up and decided that this was a thing you had to participate in? My actual memory is of being a kid voting with my mom and dad. Right. Going into vote. Right. Going into a public school with Uh, tables with a bunch of little old ladies going through those big giant books and then walking in there with my mom and thinking like, wait a minute, I thought you were just voting for the president, but then you actually go down the ballot and there's all these names you don't know and questions you don't know. And it's funny, it was the last presidential election. Again, I'm somebody who covers politics day in and day out. And I remember the last election feeling like, wow, here I am on the other side of the page. Um... Did I do absolutely all of my homework on all of these things I'm voting on? And that was humiliating for me. That was a wake up call for me to wake the hell up. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is how you, who is a journalist and someone who presumably is very skilled in research, how do you research your state, city, county, local candidates? Like, what is your process like to determine who's the right person for you to vote for? I've started to focus on it, honestly, in the last couple of years, that as we approach an election, I go through with my husband, who are all these candidates? What are on their platforms? Because again, we just think about voting like, oh, I got to show up and vote every four years. No, you don't. There's one thing we did learn in school, that there are three separate and equal branches of government. And you need to vote on every single possible element and aspect, right? Look at an example of something many, many people don't think about. Many people don't think about judges and judge appointments, okay? And then you look at the machine that the Federalist Society is in terms of churning out and preparing and lining up you know, names of people for possible judge appointments. And one of the crowning achievements of this administration, certainly for Mitch McConnell, is filling so many seats, so many judges, right? And judges sit on the bench for life. So a record number of judges 
predominantly who are under 40, white and male. I have three kids. And while I would pray to God, none of them will ever have a run in with the law. The law and judges impact so many elements of our daily lives. And so my point is, before we're just complaining about the way the world doesn't work anymore, we have to wake up to it because there are lots of people who we voted for, who we thought, oh my gosh, I love what their platform is and I stand behind it. And then we forget about them. And then four years later, we go, well, you know what? They really didn't do anything for me. And we don't think about the fact that there were lots of legislation that they tried to pass, but they were roadblocked by people who ran for positions that we never actually got off our butts and went and voted for. One, I love that you have a character that complains. That's good. And two, <laughs> I like that you're very dispassionate about this whole thing. <laughs> no, I love that you're, it's well, so here's important the thing. to you. You can only, in my personal opinion, we only have the right to complain about something if we can honestly say to ourselves that we did something to impact change in the direction of where we want things to go. If we're just sitting in our house going, you know, I voted for that person and nothing happened. Do we know why nothing happened? Do we know what that elected official tried to do to make something happen? Right? If the answer is no, right? Like right now, we could say, why in the world aren't Democrats doing more about what the Trump administration has done? Why are they sitting on their hands? Well, maybe they're not sitting on their hands. Maybe it's that they don't have the majority in the Senate. And maybe it's because at this point, we're seeing almost no bipartisanship. So you can't just say, why aren't Democrats doing anything? Democrats in the House, as far as COVID goes and COVID economic relief, they passed the HEROES Act. And the Senate said, smell you later, Gator. Right. So I'm not saying this is for Democrats or Republicans. But if you have an agenda as a voter, if there are things that you care about, you need to care about them beyond voting once a year or once every four years for a few people and then wondering why they didn't do anything. In a, a fun question, do you have any rituals around voting now that it's something that is part of your life? Like I always tell people, my husband and I make it a date and we either go to breakfast first or we go to brunch after or like dinner, whenever the timing allows. Do you have any rituals that are part of it? Favorite shirt you wear, <laughs> et cetera? So I would say that compared to you, I don't find voting as sexy as you might. And it doesn't make me spark a date agenda. But for me, I approach voting the same way I approach the environment. I bring my kids. So I want my kids to care about the environment like I do. And instead of making them watch climate change videos, my kids spend a huge amount of time on the ocean. They spend a huge amount of time in nature. And because my kids love the planet, by virtue of them caring about the planet, they have become conservationists because they don't want you to screw with their favorite thing. So I bring my kids to vote because I want my kids to know Here's how things happen, right? I don't want my kids to be part of a family that sit at a dinner table and their eyes glaze over as they watch their parents talk bad about elected leaders, right? I want my kids and I want me to honor our country, right? I might have personal feelings about this elected official or that elected official, but I wanna naively or romantically believe that people who originally get into government or run for office are running for office because love of country. And for me, my goal in kind of everything I do, 
I want to make the world better and smarter for my kids. I think that's my responsibility. I know it's what my parents wanted to do for me. So having my kids engaged in voting, understanding how it works and why we have to be a part of it. You know, we complain so much about lobbyists and, you know, big business lobby and the influence they have over government. We can be lobbyists, right? We might not have any money, but we know what matters to us. And we, right, these lawmakers, every four years need to get their jobs again. And you don't want to be someone whose vote they forget. If you have something you really care about, you want that lawmaker to know that your vote counts. So you can be an advocate on policy. You can write a letter, right? Like before social media existed, the individual could vote. The individual could write a congressperson a letter. But our ability as individuals to penetrate government, church, media, corporate America was very limited. Now we can create a movement. We can make noise and create action. And so I think urging people to vote and honoring and exercising that right and our voice is a really big thing. It's why on the heels of the Black Lives Matter movement or in conjunction with it, but voting and advocacy is the great second chapter of keeping momentum alive. It's more than just, hell no, we won't go. I'm not going to stand for this anymore. It then has to get constructive. You have already made such a beautiful case for why people should be involved and using their right to vote. And I think you have a unique perspective because you've also been very open that you kind of came to your passion for it a little bit later than you might have. So I wonder if you were presented today with someone who is a little bit cavalier or maybe like just not very into into voting and they're not using that right and you could tell them one thing, what would it be? You have the power to influence what kind of country we live in. Are you going to choose not to use that power? Perfect. Stephanie, thank you so much for being on Why I Vote. Thank you. Hey, are you not registered to vote yet, but you think it's something you want to do? You may still have time. Voter registration deadlines vary by state, so to find out the scoop for where you are, check out a nonpartisan registration voting site like headcount.org or fairvote.org. Why I'm Voting is an iHeartRadio production. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever it is you listen to your favorite shows. 